We're so grateful to be here tonight and uh, grateful for what the Lord is doing. And uh, I had to go out and check my car before I got in it this morning just to make sure there wasn't nobody too mad at me after we left this morning. <laughs> and, you know, as we, as we start thinking about, you know, walking in the footsteps of Jesus, it's a hard thing. It's hard because we have grown for so long thinking for one way, it's hard to listen to the teachings of Jesus and say, you know what? I'm going to forsake everything I've already learned and walk in the direction that he's called us to. But in reality, that's what he's calling us to. When he gave the Sermon on the Mount and he started explaining or giving teaching about the ways of God, people were listening to that and was like, man, I can't do that. And guess what? We can't. But through Christ, we can. Amen. So let's pray, and we'll ask the Lord to be with us tonight. Father, we thank you so much for tonight. We thank you for your word, because your word is truth. Your word is life. And so, God, I pray that as we walk through the scriptures tonight, God, that it won't be Ken speaking, God, but it'll be you speaking to the heart of your people. And so, Lord, would you speak very, very clearly. Cause us to be like the Bereans in going back and studying the scriptures for ourselves seeing how we can walk in the footsteps of Jesus because he set the example for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I, um, tonight, uh, kind of praying through what topic it was going to be for tonight. And the topic is almost worse than the first one. <laughs> when you start talking about submission, man, people start pulling out knives and everything else. They're like, hey, as long as you don't talk about wives submitting to husbands, you're all right. But it's in the Bible. And so what do we do with these things? How do we study these things? And, and so tonight we're going to walk through Jesus' example of humble submission because he doesn't just call us to submit in one area. It's multiple areas. And tonight we're going to cover two of those, humbly submitting to God's will and humbly submitting to the authorities that he's established. In our world today, we are getting more and more, uh, what would you call it? Um, just, hey, I am not listening to anybody. You don't tell me what to do. I'm my own person. I run my own show. If anybody comes within my sphere of influence, you got to answer to me. And I don't know if you've seen this or not, but on the news, I mean, there's a total uh, disregard for leadership. People are just, I mean, it's just crazy. And when I read the scriptures, that's not what the scripture tells us to do. As people that are transiting from one place to another, believers that are saying, hey, I am now dying to this world and I'm going to live in heaven with Christ. We are transiting. We are transients. God says, all right, since you are, this world is not your home, so I'm going to tell you how to live while you're here. And so, and so as we look at the scriptures tonight, Jesus gives the ultimate example of how it is, how we should walk, and how we should humbly submit to God. And so we're going to pray and ask the Lord to be with us. Or did I already pray? I didn't. Let's pray again. <laughs> Father, we thank you. God, you're so kind and you're so good to us. God, you're our Father. You want good and pleasant things for us. 
And God, through your word, you give us not just instructions, but biblical truth that we can walk and live by. And Father, I know that for so long we've learned life in such a different way, in such a different light. But you're calling us to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. So would you be with us? You guide us and lead us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing, as we look at this, you know, following Jesus as an example, you need to know as believers, where do I find this in Scripture? How do I know Jesus is the example to follow? Do I follow other people? How how is this possible? And so here are a few scriptures to just write down for your own personal reading. Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 26. Matthew 16, verses 24 through 26. And it says this, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? And so here you see us given the call to follow Jesus. In John 13, verses 12 through 15, You see the example of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. And so it says, so when he had washed their feet, he had taken his garments and reclined at the table again. And he said to them, do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I I am. If I then, the Lord and teacher, washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you should also do as I did to you. Another example of how Jesus is our example on how to serve others. Listen, we have one more. 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. It says, For this we know that we have come to know him. If we keep his commandments, the one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments, listen to what it says, he is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him, and the one who says he abides in him ought to himself, look at this, to walk in the same manner as he walked. Y'all see that in scripture? These are the things that we are to do as believers, to walk in the same way that Jesus walked. So in light of these scriptures, let's look at an example. Our text for tonight is Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46. After saying this, Jesus actually demonstrates this as he's going to the cross, as he's in the Garden of Gethsemane preparing to go to the cross. Him demonstrating the humble submission to God's will. And it reads, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch for me. 
And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not I as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for one hour. Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and prayed, saying, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. Here you see him saying it another time. Lord, this is your will. Let your will be done. Again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them again and went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. And so here you see Jesus. Uh, number one, he was grieved. This implies, this particular word implies a physical pain and emotional suffering. And that word distress means to be full of heaviness. This this heaviness as he was going to the cross. This demonstrates Jesus's humanity. Although he was fully God, he was still fully man. And so this verse demonstrates his humanity. And so the second thing is Jesus made requests to God. He made a request. He said, if this can be taken away from me, he said this three times, three separate times, if this can be taken away, if this, is, if, this is, if this is your will, Lord, let it be done. If this can be taken away from me. And then the third thing, he talked about Jesus submitted himself to the will of the Father. He humbly submitted himself. Not my will, but let your will be done. Now, I know in all of our lives, we've had difficult times. And God has asked us to do some things that we were not too proud of. And as a, as a matter of fact, just a good example when I was in the Marine Corps, and I loved being in the Marine Corps, I loved doing what I did, and, and man, when God told me to get out at year 18, I mean, man, I, I couldn't believe it. As a matter of fact, if you pull up my retirement pictures, I'm standing up there just crying like a baby. You know, I was crying because I knew, I said, Lord, let your will be done. Not my will, let your will be done. God, will you help me, will you show me not for my own prestige and fame, not for my own name to be put up in lights or for me to get a silver star on my chest, but Lord, let your will be done in my life. And it was not, while it was not the agony that Jesus faced going on the cross, it was still difficult. It was difficult. And I think in all of our lives, we can think back to a point where God has asked you to do something and man, you felt like the weight of the world on your shoulders. Let me give you a good example. Asking for forgiveness to someone you've held a grudge against. And God said, you need to forgive them. You need to forgive them. And you're holding on to that thing so tight, you're like, I'm not going to do it. You're gritting your teeth. You're like, there is no way. And God is saying, forgive them. Forgive them. Or, or moving to a location that you didn't want to move to. Don't start laughing, y'all. I know. You moved to Albany, Georgia, and you said, Lord, I got it. I'm just waiting to get out of here. And just the time just never came, and you just kept saying that for the next 10, 15 years. 
but the Lord kept you here for a reason. Or, 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 or this, if you have, you know, been a parent and, and God has told you to treat your child a certain way or discipline them a certain way, and you say, no, Lord, I don't want to do that. I just, I don't feel right doing that. And God kept telling you, telling you, do this, do this, do this, and you kept being dis- disobedient. And so God calls us to do hard things, but in those hard things, our submission is a blessing. Amen? There's a blessing in our submission. With Jesus being that ultimate example of submission, there are also other places in Scripture where you can see people that are grieving over the submission. Matter of fact, Job. Job, you look in Scripture and you see a man that had everything. And as God allowed the devil to take him through multiple steps, you still read this in Job 13, 15. He says, though he slay me, I will hope in him, or yet will I trust him, as in the King James Version. God, even though all these bad things are happening to me, even though it's hard for me, God, I'm going to still trust you. How many people want a testimony like that? God, even though it's hard, even though this is a difficult season in life, God, I still want to trust you. Matter of fact, not only did it happen to Job, but it also happened to Jonah. Jonah was at peace where he was. He was telling the people, sharing scriptures with them, just kind of walking through probably the book of Isaiah with them. And when God told him to go to Nineveh, he was like, oh, no, not them crazy people. I ain't going over there. He got on a boat and went in a a totally different direction. God arrested him in the belly of a fish. But in Jonah 2 and 4, you read this. So I said, I've been expelled from your sight. Nevertheless, I will look again towards your holy temple. He says, you know what? I didn't want to submit. I didn't want to listen to God. But after going through this process and walking through this, God, I want to turn back to you. This is how we should be toward him. Not only him, but also Elijah. If you look at the prophet Elijah, you can you always think about him, you know, uh, all the prophets of Baal, you know, on Mount Carmel. And you hear all these incredible things that he's doing, and yet he still runs from Jezebel. And when he runs from Jezebel, God is trying to speak to him, and he's trying to speak to him. And listen to what it says in 1 Kings 19, verses 14 through 15. Then he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord, the the God of hosts, for the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. Now I alone am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, go return to your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you have arrived, you shall anoint Haziel king over Aram. This shows that Elijah, even in his desire not to go, He listens and said, Lord, I'm going to humbly submit myself to your will and do what you've called me to do. I think that's our desire tonight. It's to be found faithful in what the Lord has called us to. And in those difficult moments, he also sends us his great and precious promises. Some of those promises can be read in Psalms 18, verse 2. It says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. You see, when life gets difficult, when times get hard, and God is telling us to move out to a place that is unfamiliar, we want to submit to him. 
but he's telling us, hey, listen, it's going to be difficult. Grab a hold to the promises that I've already given you and continue to walk. Amen? Listen to this other one. Psalm 62, 8 says, trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Psalms 91, verse 1 through 16. Most of you are familiar with this. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. So in those times where you're feeling like, God, it's just hard for me to submit to your will. God says, cling to my promises. And as we submit ourselves to his will, to his holy will. And you'll see multiple places in scripture that said, this is the will of God. This is the will of God. This is the will of God. He also calls us to submit ourselves to the institutions he created. Now, we're going to park here for just a little while. It is a season where we're preparing to vote. I'm not of any political persuasion, but if you want to know how I vote, look at the Bible. If it says we need to do that, that's who I'm voting for. <laughs> it says don't do that, that's who I'm not voting for. And so when I look at, you know, this landscape and the upcoming elections, it will be easy for us, whichever way the pendulum swings, to start getting upset, to start getting angry, start, you know, defying authority. But let's look at what it says in the Word. As a matter of fact, this institution, these institutions that God has created, uh, in Matthew 22, Jesus himself, they came to Jesus and they said, hey, aren't you paying taxes? Jesus says, we're going to render unto Caesar what's Caesar and unto God what's God's. Let's get away from this foolishness and get about the Father's business. That's a paraphrase. All right, you ain't going to find that in the Bible. And a matter of fact, if you can now roll over to 1 Peter chapter 2, Roll over to 1 Peter chapter 2. This almost feels like a Bible study. I almost want to say, y'all got any questions? <laughs> 1 Peter chapter 2. And Peter is actually sharing with people that are far off, that are in places that are far off. And so Peter starts to tell them, okay, since you are far off and you are citizens of the Most High... You have, a, you have a place awaiting you. Even though you're being persecuted, this is how you must act. This is how you need to treat other people. These are the things that God has told us to follow until he calls us home. The first one, look at this. Verse 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13. He tells us to submit ourselves to every human institution. Look at this. Submit yourselves, look at this, for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. Look at this, for such is what? The will of God that by doing right, you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Now listen to this. There is a purpose in submission. God didn't just tell us, hey, submit because I want you to be a pincushion. 
He says, there is a purpose for you submitting to the will of God. He says, submit yourselves to this authority so that you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. This is the same thing Jesus did. As they were trying to trap him with taxes, he says, you know what? I'm not even going to entangle myself in this. Give to Caesar what's Caesar, give to God what's God's, and we move right along. You silence the ignorance of foolish men. And so as you're at work and you're at the water cooler and you're thinking about, okay, what's next here or, or who's going to be in office here and these things are happening here, guess what? Don't, don't, don't for a chance forsake the institutions that God has created. Even though I may not agree with them, I still honor the office. Matter of fact, in the military, hey, if the general had something or he said something that was out of line, hey, sir, I may not agree with it, but guess what? I'm doing exactly what you told me to do because God is honored by that and it silences the ignorance of foolish men. Number two, look at this, verse 18. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only those who are good and gentle, but also those who are unreasonable. For this finds favor with God. For this finds favor. If for the sake of conscience toward God, a person bears up under sorrow when suffering unjustly, what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. You see that? When we are submissive to the people that God has put over us, God finds favor in that. This is difficult because you want to get the big payback. You want the payback. You're like, man, I'm going to stick it to them where they hurt. When they really need me, I'm going to pull out of there. I'm going to make them suffer. Matter of fact, it's been heard that there was one person who was uh, on the presidential staff that said, when they go low, we go high. I heard somebody say, when they go low, we go low. I said, no, you can't do that. You've got to be above reproach in every respect, giving glory unto the Lord, because this, these things, honoring and submitting to authority, finds favor with God. And so the next one, 1 Peter chapter 3. That's telling me to have favor. There you go. Submit to the authority of the, the watch. <laughs> but the next one, we see this. Look at this in chapter 3. Now, this is a very, very controversial uh, passage of Scripture. But I want to show you something real. Really, this, this just really blew my mind. Look at, look at this. It says, chapter 3, verse 1, in the same way you wives be, the, be submissive to your own husbands. Now, most people, they just stop there. Wait a minute. Hold on now. I ain't doing that. I ain't submitting to that joker. Sitting down watching Georgia football. Won't pick up a hand. Do nothing in the house. And yes, it's Georgia football. No, I'm just joking. But look at this. Look at the purpose of being submissive. Look at this. So that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, watch this, wives. 
God uses you as an instrument to help your husband get back on track. Do y'all see that? God uses you in this way to help him to get back on track. Not that I am becoming a doormat for him, but you are an instrument that God uses to show him, hey, how you're acting is not godly. You need to get back on track. Now, what will happen is, as I, as I submit myself, matter of fact, it also says in Ephesians chapter 5, to submit ourselves to one another in the, in, you know, for the praise of Christ. As we're submitting ourselves, this is God honoring and it is restoring relationships. Amen? Have y'all ever read that scripture that way? God wants to use you. Your submission, all of our submission is beautiful and is God-honoring. And the purpose of our submission is not to become doormats, but it is to elevate the name of Christ so that when people see us, they'll say, this is not normal. Who, who, what makes you do what you do? And we can point to the Lord and say, Lord, it's all about you. It's all about him. One last thing, and we're going to close. As I'm, looking, as I'm looking at this scripture, another thing really jumps out to me. If you look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. And I'm going to go through these quickly. It says this, For you have been called for this purpose, this is the persecution that they're going through. Since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you what? And what? Example for you to follow in his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats. But in, look at this. But entrusting himself to him who judges rightly. Let me break that down for you. God says, nobody's getting away with anything. I am the God who judges rightly. There, there will not be any big I's or little U's or people circumventing the system and getting ahead in the line of heaven. He says, I see that. So Jesus, as he is going to the cross and he's, all these things are happening, he's being reviled, persecuted. God says, you know what? hey, you don't have to pay anybody back. But the Bible says Jesus entrusted himself to the one who judges rightfully. That means I'm putting, my I'm putting myself in the hands of God. Wow. That's a relief. I'm going to tell you why that's a relief. Because now I don't have to fight anybody. Now, I don't have to hold grudges. Now, I don't, I don't have to look at people and scour because guess what? The God who judges rightly, when I put myself in his hands, he handles all things. That's a relief. Somebody needs to go home, write that down, and say, God, today, I humbly submit myself 
and write, down, write it down exactly as the scripture says it. God, I am going to keep entrusting myself to you, the one who judges rightly. God, this is not right, but I'm entrusting myself to you. God, I was treated unfairly, but I'm entrusting myself to you. And the God of all peace will be with you. You don't have to worry about people getting over on you, people getting ahead. God sees all and he knows all. So when we talk about submission, submission is beautiful. It's beautiful. It is submitting ourselves to the will of God and at the same time submitting ourselves to the institutions that he's created. We can't look past that. God clearly tells us in scriptures. He says, when you honor these things that I've created, I'm pleased. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you because you're very clear in your word how we should walk in your footsteps. That Jesus is now our example of how we should walk, how we should live. The Bible tells us right here in 1 Peter, though he was reviled, he did not revile in return. Though he was persecuted, he didn't persecute in return but he entrusted himself to the one who judges righteously. Lord, help us to do that as your children. Lord, because when we do that, it takes away the weight of retaliation, anger, bitterness. But God, we entrust ourselves to you. Lord, we will trust you. Father, we thank you for tonight, and we thank you for your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.